and welcome back to Hey Electric Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. Follow me on Twitter on KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. More importantly, that is at HEFPod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram is where you can find us there. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com is our email address. Facebook.com slash HEFPod is where you can find the English language content right there. HEFPod.com. Hit our Where to Find Eagles tab and find where you can find the next meetup to watch your next match of Eintracht Frankfurt. So, let's get to it, everybody. Um, in case anyone's been living underneath a rock, uh, I know some people think I have been, but trust me, parenthood gets in the way. So, the way that we're going to take this episode, we're going to be mainly looking at the Champions League match that has just transpired um, at time of recording. Union Berlin is still participating in their Europa League second leg tie, so that is still up in the air to be decided, though it does seem that uh, two German clubs are going to be moving on in the Europa League. Excuse me, one German club is going to be moving on in the Europa League. One has been eliminated. Uh, Freiburg's uh, adventure has ended at the round of 16, so it looks like the the the, what we were able to do in last year's Europa League, going all the way to the final and winning it, uh, inspiration's only getting guys so far. You had Cologne, uh, Kuhn, uh, getting dumped out of the Conference League and not even finishing in the top two in their group. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yikes. Uh, so that happened. Freiburg has uh, ended their journey here. But the thing is, that's a cult that we have to keep a close eye on because they currently sit above us in the standings within the Bundesliga. Uh, good points total in between the two of us at present time. So it's something that we just got to, hey, we just got to work on. We got this weekend's slate of matches that could go very well in our favor or not, as the case might be, but we can touch that in a brief moment. Um, but I'm trapped. Went to Napoli, went to Naples. So, from the fan, from the whole fans fiasco thing in my bob. So, the Interior Ministry or whatever for uh, the Italian government said, "Hey, no, we are gonna." It's like, you know what? No, no Germans, no Frankfurt fans will be allowed in Naples. The Neapolitans were a little bit taken aback, like uh, we could have used uh, your help. Instead, you're basically creating an international controversy where there need not be. But then again, Italian politics is something that I am not specialized in. But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, some hundreds of uh, Frankfurt fans ended up making the journey to Dables, regardless of the fact that their tickets had gotten canceled. So, uh, uh, Alexander Sheffrin, he's the president of UEFA. He got uh, the ban to be overturned while in court. Eintracht ended up uh, rejecting his ticket allocation. I hope that um, the results uh, that will come in the months 
down the line in regards to traveling fans contingents. Look, uh, both of our fan bases are absolutely passionate as they can be. And there's very few uh, fan bases that are currently in the Champions League that could be anywhere near considered as passionate as Eintracht and give credit where credit is need due. Uh, the Neapolitans also have a large, a very passionate fan base for themselves. Uh, I would say a lot of the big Italian clubs, a lot, not all, a lot of the big Italian clubs do have a very deep rooted passion for their club. But I, I am again, kind of prefacing this as saying, well, not all of them have that, uh, there's a certain club that plays in black and white that I would say, mm, not so much. And then there's a whole bunch of other Italian clubs that can be run extremely well, like our brothers in Atalanta, who typically are not the team that usually is participating in Europe and in the chase for European places. But, hey, when you got a brilliant man uh, as the coach, you can make things happen. So, Andre fans, uh, we're still there. Uh, who there are a lot of people – Folks taking pictures, playing the tourist, and buying at the hotels, buying the buying the bars out of booze, eating them out of all the food that they got, which is what I would hope for my Eintracht fan who is traveling to see the play, not able to enter the stadium. But there were some people of the unsavory type who, uh, with uh, the connections we have with uh, previously mentioned Atalanta Bergamo uh, Ultra Suit, apparently have a bit of a rift with the Neapolitans. Granted, this is more of a north-south divide thing within Italy. Like, if you looked at the Serie A uh, league, where the teams are all located, it doesn't, it's kind of kind of like uh, with the Bundesliga and how, huh, everyone seems to be in the West with a couple of lone exceptions. Same exact kind of kind of uh, layout when it comes to north and south from uh, the Italian standpoint. Um, Eintracht, uh, reported Eintracht fans uh, went there in buses. Buses got shot at. And this was on Tuesday. They showed up with some Italian brethren from up north, the Neapolitans. Well, they took, they took heart to the fact that, you know, there are a couple guys who got jumped in Frankfurt ahead of that match. Kind of in the same way that, you know, there were one or two instances of, like, a very small isolated instances uh, when Eintracht hosted West Ham. But if you look at all the other travels that the Eintracht has done here, there, and everywhere, you don't see that sort of thing happen. So maybe it's just a bit of a... Too much passion, all bottled up in one place. But hey, you know what? When it comes to ultras culture in this sort of a uh, facet, it, it's best that we at the podcast try and avoid to talk about. But hey, this is what happened. A lot of uh, hand, a lot of fallout will happen uh, because of this match. I have no doubts. I do think it's a real crying shame that. Uh, you know, Eintracht was able to, in spring of 2019, travel in mass, large mass, to Milan and have absolutely no troubles whatsoever. Apparently, uh, per Lazio fans, there were people in Frankfurt who uh, 
filled all the trash bins with all their uh, beers and food, and apparently that was something that they had to clean up. Well, it sounds more like uh, your trash cleanup people who are a problem within Rome on their own. You know, uh, blame was put down at Eintracht, but you know what? I need to be talking about the match, not talking about the kind of fan scenarios that run around us. i got a funny feeling, though, uh, in the aftermath that some uh, sanctions will be thrown at Eintracht and Napoli, both. But we're not going to see uh, the results of this until likely the summer when, you know, uh, this podcast is kind of taking its break uh, because we're going to be kicking back and watching uh, the Eintracht Frauen players participate in the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, something to look forward to down the line. But anywho, Eintracht took on Napoli knowing that they had to overturn a 2-0 deficit from leg one that ended up not happening. Hey, you know what? You put yourself in that sort of situation, it's very difficult to get ourselves out of it. Um, Victor Osiman, wow, that is one special player and a guy who we're going to be seeing for years and years and years to come. Honestly, until that uh, cross into the box where he just, uh, Tuto was not in the right position and the ball was headed in, you actually thought, you know what, we can keep this to respectable uh, it score line regardless of whether we win or lose. We're in a good position for that. Once that ball went in, it was immediately apparent that uh, there was going to be only one. It was only going to end in one way. Uh, you know, the movement of Napoli to start off the half and pop in a second goal for the match, a second goal for Osiman was a lot to swallow. I mean, that's the sort of goal that, hey, you know what? Anyone playing Napoli, does not matter if you're Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Eintracht, Frankfurt, Chelsea, Manchester City, you were going to concede that goal. Uh, that second goal for Napoli, that was that was going in. That was a piece of beauty that we were able to see as opposing fans. And I, if I was in the stadium, I would have uh, stood up and applauded for the spectacular goal that it was. Um uh, Napoli was able to pop in a third uh, from the penalty spot in the 64th minute, but let's put it this way. Uh, we knew that we were up against it, but the moment the first goal went in right before the end of the first half, it just it just wasn't to be. And you know what? That is okay. If you look at it from this standpoint, we earned more prize money from participating in the Champions League than we earned going all the way in winning the Europa League. Uh, quite a lot more money. Um, and that's kind of the key. For a club to develop into one that fights for the Bundesliga title, um, you need to have that Champions League on a regular basis. It's why, you know, Borussia Dortmund freaked out and brought in Peter Stoger who, despite the fact that they played some ugly, ugly stuff, got them top four, and then they moved on to the next coach and to the next coach, and they were able to ensure that they constantly were finishing in the top four, which allows them to keep on buying players, signing them on, much bigger contracts than uh, nine track is honestly able to offer. They're offering Jude Bellingham in the uh, eight-digit eight digit for margin for salary per year <laughs> right now we're not exactly in the position to do that but 
what the Champions League gives you is years upon years of the big eyeballs paying attention to you, uh, big big name sponsors with big checkbooks to sign for your advertising deals on your shirt, on your sleeve, uh, the stadium signage around the state on the outside of the stadium, the interior of the stadium for where the the advertising board holdings are on the uh, outline of the pitch. All those things come into play that is brought in from Champions League participation that is not there in the Europa League. And the prize money sure isn't there either. I think Dontracht got over 10 million euros by just making the round of 16. And now, so as to make sure that the club continues to develop, they need to uh, make the make the Champions League again. And that's something that the Eintracht has got plenty of, of matches within the Bundesliga uh, to be able to do. We've got 10 more uh, matches left to go in our Bundesliga season to ensure that we have another uh, kick at the can, as they say. And at the end of the day, I'm perfectly fine with the fact that Eintracht is out of the competition because you go the further and further you go, the more resources you have to need to kind of divert to assist in your run at the Champions League. I'll go to Roma. Uh, I think it was like. 2018-2019, they made the um, semifinals of the Champions League, losing in the semifinals to Liverpool. It was not uh, in over the two legs. It was not a closely uh, contested tie, but the resources that Roma had to, you know, to divert over towards making sure that they uh, had a real go of it against Liverpool, uh, diverted their attention away from uh, Serie A, and they fell out of the top. I think it was, uh, yeah, Italy had, I think, just grabbed the the uh, fourth Champions League spot because of the reorganization of things, and they didn't qualify for the subsequent season's uh, Champions League. And so it's like, hey, you got to be able to qualify via the league in addition to making sure that you continue to just, uh, get as far as you can. All that money just to try – prize money just to try, make your squad better, reinforce it however you can to try and uh, lift the cups, lift the league championships, something that uh, no team in Rome has done in two decades uh, – despite the fact that the North has basically dominated for ages. So Napoli, they're so far ahead of the Serie A that uh, come the uh, draw on Friday, we'll know uh, the people who defeated us in the Champions League, what they have in the next round, or what in theory could have been available to Eintracht in the next round, though, let's be real, that would have been just us on absolute cloud nine. And you know what, at the end of the day, I tracked in their debut season in the Champions League. We didn't make ourselves out to look like a bunch of hams, but you know what? Learning experience that you have to take on to progress as a club. So looking at the match performance for the Eintracht, players who stood out to me as doing a darn good job of things. Uh, Bore uh, up top. He really kept at it, and whilst not really having many opportunities uh, to score goals, 
because uh, Napoli really, really just kind of kept the pressure on, knowing that they did not have to come out of a, uh, a defensive uh, set to be able to take a two-line track. He, he provided us with some glimmers of hope here and there, uh, more of a brighter player than uh, others that were on the pitch, Tuta and Indica. <laughs> Going towards, honestly, it looked way more of like a back uh, – Defensive line four uh, rather than two central defenders and two wing backs. Buta kept on having to go up and down. Lentz as well. Honestly, uh, I'm surprised that Lentz didn't get a second card uh, for all of the physical play that he had when he his yellow card absolutely due. And uh, honestly, I just kept on wondering when he was going to pick up his second and have Eintracht be playing with 10 men. And yeah, wasn't going to, this is not a match that was uh, for the Eintracht. And you know what? We come out fine uh, as we're still in the running for the Champions League places. We're still in the DFB Pokal, which that will be coming up once we return for the international break. And uh, yeah. Uh, way, how did other clubs in Germany do whilst the Eintracht was participating in Europe? So, uh, the day before Eintracht took the field to participate in the Champions League, and this uh, was not mentioned in the preview pod, uh, Manchester City defeated uh, Leipzig 7-0. Uh, <laughs> Holland just was a menace. Um, yeah. Needless to say, that's a scary team for anyone to face in the next round of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, Leipzig just looked so pedestrian. We At times, we've thought that we just look like absolute comical guys who uh, seemingly would have a tough time getting promoted out of the Zweite Bundesliga, but that team, it was kind of like a Bundesliga club taking on a third division, a Dritta Liga, or even Regional Liga team. Leipzig just was absolutely lifeless. It was just, they just kept on getting beaten down, beaten down and beaten down. And I slightly felt bad for them, but hey, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Five Bundesliga clubs entered the group phase of the Champions League uh, with uh, Leverkusen, who ended up finishing in third in their group. They dropped down to the Europa League. You had Eintracht, Leipzig, Menschen, and Dortmund make the uh, round of 16. And only Dort- and only excuse me, Munich is left in the uh, round, uh, quarterfinals. I'm pretty sure they're going to have... The way that they turn things on for the Champions League, I'm pretty sure... Their eyeballs will be diverted from the Bundesliga action. Um, I, honestly, it's gonna it's gonna start uh, for the first match that we're back uh, the weekend of the thirty first of March through the second of April when they have the Classica. That's something to uh, keep tabs on. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Well, we can talk about the Bundesliga in segment two uh, as Eintracht is uh, going to be looking towards the Bundesliga. And the Frauen Bundesliga is also back. So a whole slate of action for the Eintracht faithful for this weekend. But now it's time for hashtag what are we drinking. 
I have a wonderful beer from Kansas City Beer Company, uh, the Hellas Lager, uh, that I am enjoying whilst uh, talking to you guys about everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. Good on the team, uh, the ladies, on Tuesday, uh, though, as we'll get into it right now. So that's what I have for hashtag what are we drinking, uh, the, the Hellas Lager from Kansas City Beer Company. So we'll be back in a jiffy with segment two. So stay with. Segment two, hey Eintracht Frankfurt. It's time to talk about the Frauen, since we've already talked about hashtag what are we drinking, talked about the, the Champions League, and uh, yeah, I couldn't be prouder of our ladies because they put a beat down on uh, Bremen, uh, just a midweek makeup match because the, the pitch was unplayable per the, per the match, uh, match officials. So Eintracht got the win. It's, it puts us in a really good position. Now we have on Friday, uh, Wolfsburg plays Potsdam. Yeah, that's a, that's a loss for Potsdam, who will stay bottom of the league. Cone takes on Bayern. Uh, it's an interesting position that we're now in. We're still five points back of Bayern. And what's seven points difference between ourselves and Wolfsburg? Honestly, we can, we can get a victory over Wolfsburg, but it doesn't allow us to really catch ourselves up to second place. So the top three get Champions League spots, uh, the winner of the league immediately into the group phase for the UEFA Women's Champions League. And the second place goes into the second round of qualifying. We were in the first round by finishing the third last season where we had to win two one-off matches. Uh, we beat the Danes. We lost to the Dutch uh, Ajax. That sucked. <laughs> and then that team ended up uh, losing uh, in a two-legged affair. That's what the uh, second-place team basically then has to do. They have to wait for that draw to occur. I'd like it if the Eintracht could at least put themselves in the position where you then have a match away, a match at home on the Stadion, where I anticipate when that comes down, I can only imagine there being thirty to 50,000 Eintracht fans who will fill the Vald Stadion, make it a very, very loud atmosphere, and hopefully the most attended of any of those qualifiers. But I think the league championship is just, I think it's just too far. You need Wolfsburg, who did lose uh, just the other week, but you need them to drop more than just points versus Eintracht. You need Eintracht to kind of win out to be able to put themselves in the position to uh keep up for the Champions League or just the title itself because not this weekend but next weekend is Bayern versus Wolfsburg that really uh, will kind of I think almost dictate whether Eintracht is expecting to have a real close run at finishing in second or if it's going to be you know a long old way because uh, Bayern win you know uh, as those teams are really just going to be calling at each other you know a Bayern win that puts them a point above, will likely put them a point above Wolfsburg. And, you know, then you got to see it out to the finish. Wolfsburg still got to play Eintracht, which would probably be, if they circled a calendar, would be one of the most difficult matches that they have remaining on their schedule. That will uh, be played at 
uh, at Frankfurt for that one. But yeah, Eintracht for this weekend's action. Uh, it is a match against Essen. Essen, who I mean, they are mid table, yes, but there is a there's a long gap. I mean, there's there's not a lot of points. Diff- there's only seven points difference between Essen in sixth. And Bremen, who we defeated uh, just the other day, in tenth, uh, in eleventh place with ten points, and one of the two relegation spots, there is a fifteen-point gap between Eintracht and Essen, five-point gap between fifth and sixth, seven-point gap gap between fourth and fifth. So it kind of shows you right there that there's the kind of difference in powers of the Frauen Bundesliga that it's really a four-team race for. Your year three European places with Eintracht still a good three points ahead of Hoffenheim team who was actually the first in the expanded Champions League t- uh, phase to qualify for the Champions League, which they did. And uh, now the Eintracht is going to have to take a second uh, a second uh, bite of that apple. So that being all said, uh, let's look at what's going on in the Bundesliga, shall we? So. Uh, as I mentioned, the finishings of the, of the Bundesliga clubs within Europe, it's kind of a mess, if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, I mentioned Freiburg out, uh, Dortmund out, Leipzig out, Eintracht out, as we, as we discussed, uh, talk right here. Um, Leverkusen has a 2-0 on aggregate lead over Ferenc Varos of Hungary. I think that's kind of a locked-in setup for Leverkusen to be in the quarterfinal stage of the Europa League. And you know what? If you're Leverkusen, you've got to think that as a Bundesliga club of ours, we would want a Leverkusen who isn't not – I really think it would be so hard of them to be able to – finish in, you know, fifth or sixth, uh, which will probably get the Europa League places based on the fact that everyone who's in the top six is still in the De Pei Pokal. Kind of says it all right there how incredibly tight it is for running at the uh, European places from the Bundesliga. So Leverkusen really will be best served by making a hard run at the Europa League and uh, we'll see what they do there, but Looking very much like a locked in uh, by by Leverkusen uh, going through in Europe. Uh, Union Saint Gilles has got a current one nil lead over Union Berlin, and uh, yeah, that's on the absolute knife edge. That so we'll see if Union Berlin is able to, but <laughs> not like by the end of uh, this recording session, but we'll see by the end of this day and just a couple of hours if Union Berlin will be. Uh, on the good side, bad side of the progression, we'll see if what they're able to do when it comes straight up to, uh, you know, is this going to be a tired Union Berlin? Or is this going to be an Union Berlin who is ready to rock and roll and take on Eintracht and take us to basically the extent that they can? Union Berlin, as we look at the live table for the Bundesliga, currently sitting in fourth place, there's that three-team jumble all on 45 points between Leipzig, Union, and Freiburg. It's all separated on goal difference. The good five-point gap between uh, second and third, which is uh, Dortmund and uh, the pack, and two points to up further to reach Bayern. So we are 
12 points back in the Bundesliga title. Uh, we Seeing as we've already played Bayern for the second time, I don't foresee us catching the Bundesliga title. Think matches on the horizon for us to think about come the end of the season. Right now, Schalke is on an absolute tear. So them and Freiburg for our final two matches, uh, that Freiburg match is oh so critical to making sure that we're in a position to uh, be qualifying for the Champions League, if not the Europa League itself. Like I mentioned, uh, the Dave Pokal, we're still in the quarterfinals there. We have Union Berlin there as well. It's kind of crazy that Eintracht has got uh, two bites at Union Berlin. Like, in rapid succession, it's just kind of nuts the way that uh, things are turning out. So, uh, Eintracht versus Union, uh, that's going to be at the uh, Alte Fosterei in, uh, in East Berlin. <sighs> Folks, this is going to be a tough one. Um uh, Look, Union, why has Ulus Fischer been able to benefit from it? They're a team that's highly efficient when it comes to the stats, and I'm, I kind of live by statistics. I think that it's a very good judgment of where you should be thereabouts. It's no guarantee of that is what you should be, but it's all down to, hey, you know what? If a team's just a lucky team, they can keep themselves up there. For an Union Berlin, you know, who crashed out of the uh, UA, uh, UEFA Conference League last season, not even making it to the knockout phase, uh, getting to the knockout phase for the Europa League after they finished in uh, fifth last season, you know, uh, for them as a club progression, this is a huge. This season has been a huge step up, but they've, uh, from a Bundesliga standpoint, they've been kind of fading a little bit and you know you can just look at the last couple of matches that they have played you know uh away to Wolfsburg we've already experienced that fun trip uh <laughs> they they ended up not being able to come away with the full three points uh against the Wolves and you know what at the end of the day it's, it, the teams that are around you when it comes to going up and up and up that's that's kind of where it matters. A 1-1 draw for them kind of has dropped them to this position where if should Eintracht come away with a victory. Now, uh, Mainz is taking on Freiburg and Leip- Leipzig is taking on some uh, some nobody. Uh, just kidding. I mean, they're taking on Bochum, who had a kind of surprise win last weekend. Um, but I expect uh, Leipzig to come out and whack Bochum. Kind of like that, yeah. Just, just straight up that. I, I think that uh, Bochum is not going to put too much of a fight up against Leipzig, but the sun, the Sunday matches, which is where we're actually playing. We're playing the early Sunday time uh, against uh, Berlin. You got also Leverkusen versus Munich. That usually is an interesting encounter, but Mainz versus Freiburg, three matches on the Sunday. It's kind of what happens when you have that eight teams participating in the Europa League. Um, with the whole Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday sort of thing. Um, us taking on Union Berlin away, we've really struggled uh, since returning from the World Cup. And I have a funny feeling that we're going to have more of the same, folks. Our goal output has been down. Our, our winning of duels has been down. Our passing accuracy is down. Um, I'm... 
I'm struggling to come up with with a lot of optimism here. It it's not that Eintracht can't defeat Union or take a point off of Union, which would kind of keep us in lockstep with uh, the other teams that were all chasing for the top European places. But with the way that Eintracht has been performing of late, you just get, you hope for the best, but it's just been bleh <laughs> for a lack of better explanation. Like, I mean, Union Berlin, they've been able to have some incredibly good games, but honestly, I would, the lone positive that I can uh, point out to looking at uh, Eintracht versus Union is when it comes down to what Union has done of late. If you look at each of their last, like, their last six games, if you include the one that they're currently participating in, where they're actually losing at the current moment, they have not won since the end of February when they defeated Ajax in the uh, second leg of their uh, Europa League uh, uh, play-in round of 16 uh, match. Uh, not since that match have they actually pulled off a win. They've gotten trounced by Bayern Nil nil with come three uh, three with Sanjo Waz in the first leg one uh, one with Wolfsburg. Union's uh, luck has been sort of drying up. One of the things that we're better at is keeping hold of the ball, uh, but this is a this is a team that we're going up against that is very good with aerial duels specifically, very good with counterattacks. This is something that we really have to worry about because this is just straight up why Union Berlin is able to come away with so many victories. So for us, it's really a matter of holding on to the ball, uh, winning the ball back uh, quickly once Union has it. Union very much does not have the players that are of high technical skill when compared to Eintracht. But hey, you know what? What do we need? We need Lindstrom to be back playing and, you know, being active. We need uh, Kamada to wake up from his slump. It would seem that he's fallen asleep and the peninsula has been overtaken by water and he's back on the island. You know what? you got to start building. <laughs> it's like all the progress that you had done over the fall has been absolutely just washed away. Intended. And you know what? This is a time that Eintracht needs to wake up and return back to their winning form because what we have for us after this is, you know, Bochum at home, and then we're at home in the day of Bay Pokal. I would much more enjoy the fact that uh, we are in the top half of the league, if not the top four of the league, but once it comes down to this, after this match, it's it's we've got the international break, and we can kind of see what we will see from there. But you know what? I've done enough waffling about this. I'm predicting. One second. Got to have some beer to kind of make my prediction. Um, I'm thinking that Eintracht's going to fall on this one. I think we're going to fall 2-1. to one. I think the team will be able to have uh, what the uh, come to Jesus moment thereafter, and we'll be able to 
marked on through the rest of the league. We've got a lot of winnable matches coming up. Bochum is obviously the very first one. The DFA Pokal could be an absolute revenge match, which could totally bite Union right in the butt, which then puts us in a semifinal. You know, 17, 18, and uh, what was it 20? We had finished in, finished, like, got knocked out or progressed to the semifinals at the least. So that will be a four semifinal in six seasons. That's not that's not such a bad thing for a cup club like ours that was known historically as being a cup team. So we could be in an interesting position because after the Pokal, we've got Wade Leverkusen. Leverkusen is hot and cold. Uh, Leverkusen at home, they kind of show themselves up as being a sturdy team. But we'll we'll see at the weekend when uh, uh, they host Bayern. We've got Gladbach after that. That has got to be a must-win. A trip to Dortmund, toss-up, home to Augsburg. If we're not winning that, yikes. Then away to Hoffenheim. Mindset home, away to Schalke. Hey, maybe they'll already have confirmed survival because they've been on a tear of late. And then uh, the penultimate match at home to Freiburg. I'm hoping that we've already sealed top four, but I'm pretty sure it's going to come down to the final match day. And we're going to have to beat Freiburg when it all comes down to it to make sure that we still finish top four. I think Leipzig has just teamed that. Obviously, on paper and what we've seen since Rosa took in char- took charge of Leipzig, from the Bundesliga standpoint, there's been no one who's been able to earn more points since that that juncture of the league season. So I think uh, we're in a we're in a tussle with Union Berlin and Freiburg to to round out the the fourth position for the Champions League because you know what we're not winning the Champions League sadly, but it was a wonderful ride. Thanks for uh, listening to this episode of Hey, I'm Trent Frankfurt. Follow us on all of our uh, social media platforms. And, uh, yeah, next episode will definitely not be with uh, your original podcast host waffling on about the Eintracht, uh, though. That is kind of our modus operandi when it comes to all of us following the Eintracht. We'll just kind of go on and on and on because we love this club. Uh, ways to get in contact with the podcast. That is at H-E-Pod on Twitter. Hey, I'm Trek Frankfurt on Instagram. Matt does a great job of running that. Uh, job is aligned anytime via email. That is hey, I'm Trek Frankfurt at gmail.com. If you happen to uh, just stumbled onto our podcast, we'd love you to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a like and a review. Uh, if it happens to be less than five stars, I will address it as best I can in case uh, I mean, in case there's ways for us to make this show even better. Look, this is a podcast that was created by myself in the spring of 2017 as a fan who wanted an outlet for other Frankfurt fans to enjoy. And we found that there's a lot of you guys out there who love the Eintracht just as much as we do. So keep uh, keep the spirits up, folks, because uh, you never know. We could uh, we could rock the world with a top four finish. And the day of people crown on top of it all, it all starts with beating Union two times in less than a month. So, uh, for all of us here at Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt. Uh, thanks for listening, and cheers! A 
way to Wolfsburg. We've already experienced that fun trip. Absolutely lifeless. Hey,